Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. We don't wish to be drawn into any sideshows. We've got that story. Plus, you can hear the music on the AM radio. But up first, who says aspartame might be linked to cancer? Officials say it's safe. The World Health Organization, the World Health Organization, recently released a report, a report stating aspartame could be a possible cancer risk, but that there's more research that needs to be done. Aspartame, if you hadn't been around the last 40 years, is popular because it's sweeter than sugar and so requires a lesser quantity for the same degree of sweetness, allegedly. Since heat breaks it down, aspartame is usually used as a tabletop sweetener rather than in cooking. The artificial sweetener has been used in the United States since the 1980s and is found in almost 6,000 products globally, including carbonated soft drinks, chewing gum, and even toothpaste. Since its approval by the Food and Drug Administration in 1981, after years of hard work by Donald Rumsfeld at the Monsanto-owned G.D. Searle, their, their other famous invention was the first female birth control pill, if you see any sort of patterns developing here. It has been tested in over 100 scientific studies and has been deemed safe. The International Agency for Research on Cancer, an agency of the World Health Organization, recently published a report that classifies aspartame as, quote, possibly carcinogenic to humans. Based on limited data and evidence, the agency found limited data and evidence. The agency found that it could cause cancer, particularly liver cancer, in people. The IARC classifications are based on the strength of the evidence for whether or not it causes cancer in humans. They are not based on how likely it is to cause cancer. The FDA set the accepted daily intake ADI for the sweetener, which is the maximum amount considered safe to consume daily. According to the FDA, the accepted ADI 50 milligrams per kilogram per of body weight per day. Meanwhile, Jennifer Jones, founder and CEO of Genuine Nutrition, has been a certified integrative nutritionist for 12 years. I, I wonder actually how she got in this article, James. She's worked to help her clients lead healthier, more fulfilling lives. This is fantastic advertising for her, and she's saying the good part. While she helps her clients plan their nutrition with natural foods, she said she steers them as far away from natural or far from artificial sweeteners, especially aspartame, as possible. Since it's synthetic, our bodies don't really know how to process it, and since it's really known to cause things like hyperactivity disorders, ADHD, gastrointestinal issues, gut imbalances, and cancer. She added that there's a lack of awareness on the long-term effects of aspartame and that she hopes individuals continue to steer clear of it and prioritize natural foods and ingredients. Anyone within my industry knows this, and even the manufacturers that make it know how toxic it is, but the general population unfortunately aren't privy to this information. Anything synthetic or artificially made is worse than anything natural. So so I always tell people to go as natural as you can. And we will link right to the horsesmouthnews.un.org, aspartame sweetener, possibly cancer-causing, who agency reports. James, man, we've got, you know, Bohemian Grove recently. We've really been able to hit, I think, some classic conspiracies 101 lately. You know, the things we've been saying for 20-plus years that now the establishment, is, as you said last week, gets out in front of the parade and acts like they're leading it. James. Exactly right. Yeah, and you're right. This is something that I know you've talked about a lot in the past, and I, I certainly have. In fact, if you do the aspartame search on CorbettReport.com, you'll run across such gems as episode 89 on Meet Donald Rumsfeld, because of course it was Donald Rumsfeld as president of G.D. Searle, which was bought out by Monsanto, um, who ran the operation to get aspartame approved by the FDA, which is 
quite the opera was quite the operation and people who don't know about that history or some of the surrounding context of this story i'll throw in a good general link to uh, source watch on aspartame that has all sorts of information about that fda approval process how it was done by the fda commissioner who was appointed the day after reagan got in and he all the trickery that he did in order to rig the vote so that it would get approved for his buddy Rumsfeld, of course. Um, and also information about these studies, the many, many studies on health effects that have been done over the years, a- including a, an interesting study, that f- a sort of meta-study that found that every single one of the industry-funded studies about aspartame found it to be safe and effective, good as mother's milk, and 92% of uh, independent uh, studies found serious health effects with aspartame. So, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. Well, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure that one out, as they say. But this is an interesting story because to me it's it's that meme of the superhero looking to push the button but which button does he push and in the mainstream version of that the mainstream superhero is sitting there thinking okay uh trust the science button but uh uh uh-oh the uh it's safe this is safe and effective Uh uh-oh which which button do i push oh my god because we have to trust the who and every one of its health pronouncements they are the new gods and if you question them, if you so much as say anything that is not approved by the World Health Organization, you will have your entire channel scrubbed from YouTube. <laughs> Take it from me. So what's going on here? But now you've got them doing these mental gymnastic backflips to like, well, yeah, okay, they're saying it's potentially cancer-causing, but they don't say how much. And, you know, anyway, it's the FDA has approved this and blah, blah, blah. So don't listen, to, don't trust this science. That's not what it means, blah, blah, blah. But on the other side, you also have, I guess, the conspiracy superhero sitting there thinking, oh, God, okay, so WHO is wrong about everything, but they're right about, oh, no, what, what button do I push? Of course, the real answer to this is the truth is the truth no matter who says it or in what context. And this is another good reminder that maybe we shouldn't be relying on the WHO to be the heroes sweeping down, swooping down from the heavens to save us from the FDA or what have you. But at any rate, truth is truth. And when it is said, let's, let's promote the truth. And um, so let's take a page from Jennifer Jones and the Jennifer Joneses of the world. Yes, natural is better than synthetic. These chemicals are having effects. I think that's quite obvious. Um, And this is another sign that I think a lot of the actual scientists working in the bowels of these types of organizations, the IARC, the the EPA, the various other um, uh, agencies of government, aren't all necessarily evil people who are all in the back pocket of industry. In fact, quite the opposite. A lot of these people are genuine scientists who are trying desperately to blow the whistle, but they are getting overruled by the people in the positions of power, the FDA commissioners and others who play the dirty tricks on them. As a reference for that, I'll throw people back to uh, New World Next Week uh, from 2021, in which we covered whistleblowers expose corruption in EPA chemical safety office. Again, similar sort of thing. Some of the scientists know what's going on and they can see the health effects, but they get overruled by their superiors. Well, in this case, the IARC comes out with, well, at least it's the right, the right answer and maybe too little too late. And it probably will not deter anyone from continuing to imbibe this chemical concoction. If you already do think that it's safe and sweet as mother's milk and wonderful and good for you, you're probably not going to be deterred by this IARC ruling. But at any rate, Let's use this as an opportunity to broach this topic once again and remind people that they should not be drinking this chemical poison. 
James, it was 11 years ago last week that I made a deal with my mom that I would quit smoking cigarettes if she would stop drinking aspartame. I will have the superhero sweating over FEMA a little bit later in this episode, James. You know, they they told me to follow the science, as the, as the meme I've seen that says. They told me to follow the science, but all I end up finding is the money trail. We should include the aspartame searches on both of our websites in our show notes. James, I do have a couple of more to throw in as well. Who declares aspartame possibly carcinogenic? I do have a ridiculous mainstream media, like, news TV show with, the you know, people that look like failed models what reading government press releases. Ultimately saying, don't worry about it. You should still totally have your diet soda every day. Don't don't freak out about this. You'd have to drink 17 of them a day for this, or whatever it says. I will include the old classic HuffPost piece, Donald Rumsfeld and the Strange History of Aspartame, and even the old Wikipedia link to G.D. Searle, LLC. That is how we get going on this New World Next Week, episode 523. Our second story, James, another, I think, kind of stalwart New World Next Week story. 22 new countries to join BRICS Alliance at August Summit, question mark, from Watcher.Guru. With the vital gathering just three weeks away, 22 countries will see their heads of state gather at the BRICS Summit to take place in Johannesburg. Indeed, the gathering will arrive as the economic bloc is expected to set guidelines for its expansion. So, James, it seems like every other week we're talking about the NATO expansion or the BRICS expansion. It is expansion of new forms of centralized statism. The gathering will arrive as the economic bloc is expected to set guidelines for its expansion. The growth of the economic alliance has long been a point of discussion for its members. Now with confidence in expansionary standards, many countries are set to be considered for entry. Subsequently, more than 20 nations have confirmed their attendance at the crucial summit. This year is soon a rather surprising rise in prominence for the BRICS bloc. Specifically, it has noted significant economic growth coinciding with a decrease in the U.S. dollar. Subsequently, as de-dollarization efforts continue, the crucial BRICS summit is on the horizon. Their discussions of vital matters could define its incoming trajectory. Moreover, with the event just three weeks away, 22 countries have confirmed their heads of state will be attending the BRICS summit in August. However, the confirmation of attendees comes as no decision has yet been made. By Russian President Vladimir Putin, his presence is expected, but an ICC arrest warrant could threaten his appearance. If only they'd have those threats for Kissinger everywhere. Among the vital topics of discussion will be expansion. Indeed, attending countries are likely to be present to observe the guidelines that will be set to support the bloc's growth. Whether these 22 countries are accepted will depend on the standards agreed upon by the current members. The BRICS head of business council, Stavros Nikolaou, has confirmed that a host of nations have officially been invited. He stated, what I can tell you is that we've invited 60 heads of state. 22 have accepted the invitation from our president. Expect several heads of state to be here. But importantly, the five BRICS heads of state will attend the business forum. Nikolai noted that geopolitics has somewhat sidetracked the event. However, he assured that we don't wish to be drawn into sideshows. It appears as though he is speaking of arrest concerns regarding Putin at and his presence. 15th BRICS Summit of Heads of State scheduled for August 22nd through the 24th in Johannesburg, South Africa. I've got one related link on BRICS and nukes. 
and liquid natural gas, the energy transition few are expecting. James, I'm going to need you to break this one down for us. Sure. Well, uh, in the uh, style of the times, let's make an acronym that we can emblazon on a red bricks cap for people to wear around uh, to, to basically summarize all of this. No, not MAGA. Uh, this one is M-T-B-S-D-D-C-G-G-A. Make technocratic, biometric, sustainable development, digital currency, globalism great again. Yay! Because that is what the BRICS is. That is what it's about. That's what it's aiming towards. That's what its members are are all about. For people who need more of those dots filled in, I will direct them as usual to my uh, article from several years ago now on phony opposition, the truth about the BRICS that was uh, put out in the wake of the announcement of the new development bank, the BRICS new development bank that's going to be totally so different than the IMF World Bank uh, globalists and their regime, right? Uh, oh, but actually it was populated by literally IMF members and executive directors and what have you. So there's more information on there. There's also more information about where where did the bricks come from? Oh, that's right, from literally from a Goldman Sachs white paper. <laughs> but don't worry, they're sticking it to the globalist guys. So actually following that particular line of thinking, I, I decided to just on a lark, just for a laugh, look up the one name that uh, appears in this particular article, Stavros Nikolaou. Right, the head of business council on uh, BRICS, uh, the, the BRICS committee here. But who is this Stavros Nikolaou, and where can we find out more about him? Well, we can find out more about him on weforum.org because you better believe he's a World Economic Forum agenda contributor. He's also the vi- uh, sorry, the senior executive at Strate- of strategic trade development for Aspen. Pharmacare Holdings, that's right, he's a big pharma shill. Not just any big pharma shill, Aspen Pharmacare, of course, being the uh, the guys with the rights to develop the Janssen vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine in Africa. But more to the point, he was also on the technical advisory board on strengthening a- strengthening African healthcare systems for the Gates Foundation. He's also the uh, vice president of the National Association of Pharma Manufacturers. Yay, a big pharma shill on the head of the business, BRICS Business Council. Yay, this is sticking it to the globalist guys. Um, I could go on and point out other connections, but anyway, I'll let people at, at, at home play that little game. Look up some of these BRICS critters and some of their associations and see whether they're really going to save you. Don't worry, guys. The Chinese digital currency social credit control system is good. It's run by the good guys. Anyway, for the heart of thinking, of course, well, this means you like NATO, right, James? No, actually, I don't. And so um, people might have noticed, uh, for example, a few weeks back, uh, in preparation of the NATO Vilnius summit, I did write uh, France pretends NATO is about the North Atlantic which goes through a bit of history about NATO and what it is and what it's really about. And uh, Macron being some sort of roadblock towards this new Japanese liaison office they were trying to open up for NATO and that they were going to announce at this upcoming Vilnius summit. Well, the Vilnius summit just happened and the uh, the Japanese liaison office didn't happen. So um, some follow-up on that comes from, uh, for example, Spy Talk, which had an article up on Francis Macron derails NATO-Pacific alliance plan for now. 
And also, uh, I'll throw in a link to uh, Daniel McAdams, who wrote about the brutal reality of NATO's Vilnius summit, where he notes that blunderbuss NATO Secretary Jens Stoltenberg could only muster language even more watered down regarding the accession of Ukraine to the group than that served up after the Bucharest NATO summit of 2008. Not only was no invitation given, the path to membership for Ukraine was made more vague than ever. So the NATO Vilnius summit was a big bust in a number of ways, and good, that's for the good, because believe it or not, I'm against all of these globalist regional groupings that are trying to foist their technocratic top-down control on all of us, whether it's from the evil U.S. NATO empire or from the evil Russian-Chinese BRICS empire. I don't care. I want none of that. I do not give my individual personal sovereignty over to any of these groups or any of these misleaders, and I don't think you should either. Anyway, I'll put the links in the show notes here if you want more information on any of this. James, the other person mentioned in the article, of course, is Putin, because arresting people that do the exact same things that you do, but you don't really like them, is, is very popular and hot right now. Our third and final story on this Neural Next Week, episode 523, and I had to find out about it from Billboard. Are automakers on their way to ditching radio altogether? In April, KYMO's AM signal lost power temporarily, and the classic rock radio station in East Prairie, Missouri, immediately got a phone call. Hey, what's wrong with your station? Asked the caller, a farmer who works all day on a tractor that's held up since the 1970s because he's probably allowed to repair it himself. A lot of farm trucks have AM radios. In some cases, that's all they have, says Reed S. Howell, general manager and morning show host for the station group that includes two FM stations and one AM. Like much of the $143 billion global broadcast industry, Howell is distressed. Volkswagen, Audi, Volvo, and others have yanked AM radio from their electric vehicles and Ford announced in early April that most new and updated 2024 models, both gas and electric, would discontinue AM radio before the backlash came and they walked that back about a month later. Eight of the, again, backed off for now. Eight of the world's top 20 car makers have removed the broadcast format from electric vehicles, a move that's shaken big and small radio companies that rely on commuters for ratings and advertising. As streaming becomes more dominant in Bluetooth-equipped cars, some fear FM radio could be the next to go. 46 million Americans overall listen to 5,000 AM radio stations per week, according to Nielsen. That would be compared to the 2 billion on YouTube and the 515 million on Spotify every month. It's been coming for a long time, adds Gordon Burrell, CEO of broadcast analyst firm Burrell Associates. We've had the signal for years that the removal of terrestrial radio boxes in cars is inevitable. It might happen 10 years from now that not a single car has an AM FM receiver in it. If you want it, get it over your phone and plug it into the console, but it'll take time. Car makers who strip AM from their in-dash audio systems will continue to face backlash among listeners and politicians, predicts Pierre Bouvard, chief insights officer for the big radio network Westwood One. They're going to have angry customers, he says. At some point, the customers are going to get upset, and maybe they'll go find a light beer that feigns to align with their personal beliefs. <laughs> Which is actually way easier than finding a different car, James. You can brew your own beer. I think it's probably a hell of a lot harder to make your own car. I want to try and make my own internet, but that's for a different time and a different discussion. At some point, customers are going to get upset and maybe they'll go find automakers that have what they want. 
A late 2021 Edison research study showed 89% of drivers said AM or FM radio was important in their cars compared with 85% that said USB ports are important. I've got several updates on this. Say goodbye to AM radio, why car makers are removing it from new models. But I guess the Congress critters interns read Billboard too, because the pushback has begun. Cars would be required to keep AM radio under new bipartisan bill. That's coming from Ted Cruz and Edward Markey. Dems and GOP want to ban automakers from dropping AM radio from cars. A bipartisan group of lawmakers have proposed new legislation to ban automakers from building new vehicles without AM radio, a growing trend among producers of electric cars. Auto industry makes the case, this is a bit of the crux of it, James, that AM radio is redundant with the advent of digital options, and car makers have said the decision was the product of electric vehicles' engines creating electromagnetic interference that disrupts AM radio signals. The law would create a federal rule that would require automakers to include AM radio in new cars at no additional cost. There is a clear public safety imperative here. Having AM radio available in our cars means we always have access to emergency alerts and key warnings while we're out on the road, said Jessica Rosenworcel, head of the FCC, and whose brother is the drummer for the band Guster, I learned, James. The oldest piece I could find on this goes way back to 2020. An op-ed piece in 2020 from Trump's FEMA administrator, Brock Long. Automakers, don't remove radios from the dashboard. We'll include the links to Brock Long and just read about AM broadcasting in general. So, as we've noted throughout this episode, the World Health Organization says aspartame's bad. FEMA says terrestrial radio is fundamentally important. Those broken clocks are indeed correct, James. Let's play devil's advocate here a little bit. Maybe FEMA still wants to hang on to all of this because maybe it's still easier to propagandize you with AM radios and national emergency alert systems and their highway signs. See, I don't know if, I don't recall seeing that very much in Japan, James. We've got all these highway signs all around America that are generally supposed to be used for, watch out, this exit is closed, it's snowy, uh, traffic-related reports. They started to use them for COVID. They started to use them to tell you, make sure you're vaccinated. So maybe they still need these kind of old school avenues because they don't have complete control over everyone's fondle slab slave trackers in their driverless cars yet. But I think they will. And I think another part of this is what we were talking about. Killing off what's left of anything even remotely resembling local media. No more local news that might actually affect your life. It will once and for all become basically centralized corporate PR brought to you by brain chip car companies and pharma foods. James, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. <laughs> you know, James, if I was a fringe conspiracy theorist, I would uh, speculate that, yes, this is part of essentially leading us into the absolute digitization of everything, which is, of course, part of the long-term game plan towards being able to, say, run a cyber 9-11 in order to completely crash everything in order that everybody panics and nobody knows what's going on so they can restore order with brute force. But luckily, I'm not a fringe conspiracy theorist. I trust the WHO when it comes to aspartame. I, I believe FEMA when they say that terrestrial radio is still important for national emergencies. Well, at any rate, I think it is still important as a, as you say, at the very least, of another thing that can actually prop up local media to some extent 
whatever dwindling extent that is. But it is um, it is important, and it is an important link in the chain. If we could just imagine, what if the internet went down for an hour, a day, a week, and literally there is that you don't even have a radio? What are you gonna do? So yes, it is. I, I think good to have these types of systems in backup, even if you're again, even if you're Joe Q Normie and you don't give a. a, a a care in the world about the, these types of conspiracy realist considerations at the very least just imagine if this digitization if if if, if there was an i don't know an emp or something you know what where would we be left um anyway it's something to think about um that's why as you'll remember you always keep a radio in the microwave because uh that's that will survive the emp blast and then you'll be able to get emergency updates afterwards right <laughs> anyway Handy, handy tip for people who <laughs> haven't thought about that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think this is important. And it is good to see that, again, the broken clock is right twice a day sometimes, and maybe for their own nefarious purposes. But hey, we got to take what we can get. And we will continue to document the New World next week, as we have done since October 2009. NewWorldNextWeek.com is a way to support both of our works, DVDs, shirts, hats, radio plays, USBs, archives. Another way to support me is by becoming a monthly money-giving member at MediaMonarchy.com slash join. Subscribe, Star James, is kind of difficult to deal with. I got a message from someone today that says... Patreon doesn't want to take my money. I, they sent me the screen grab. It said, your payments to the Corbett Report, Media Monarchy, and a third crazy alt-media person. None of, those, none of those went through. It feels like, obviously, we're shadow banned and, and, and affected in the same ways that we are on any of the other platforms that we've been kind of monkeyed with. So at MediaMonarchy.com slash join, I have a ton of ways to support Media Monarchy, but I also have the post office box, which is a way for folks to support both of our works. James, one of these days, I'm going to make a printout form for New World Next Week that basically says, I want to support James Corbett with X percent. I want to support Media Monarchy with X percent. Email required. <laughs> those, those sorts of things, James. And yes, I, I think radio is still important, too. That's why I make... 40 hours a week of uncensored commercial-free radio brought to you by you. I also have, I always forget to say this, James, I have the first run of the brand new New World Next Week episodes on audio before any of it is published anywhere. I air the audio exclusively on my stream after my Thursday morning show. That is 9 a.m. West Coast time. That is noon on the East Coast. Real live radio made by a passionate and knowledgeable lifelong DJ. I call it Media Monarchy. James, that is New World Next Week, episode 523, buddy. Awesome. And, uh, hey, actually, I'm not shadow banned from Patreon. I'm actually banned from Patreon. Oh, yes. So, And I still have some people that still try to edit their pledges and give money via Patreon. I'm not on Patreon. If you okay. want all of the latest ways to, to actually follow it, to join the Corporate Report, corporatereport.com slash members. Anyway, James, thank you for these stories. Looking forward to doing it again. Take care. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care. <laughs>